ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. Welcome in. It is another edition of The Drive. This time it's Wednesday, April 27. Thanks for tuning in. Paul Swan, your host. Let's get things started. Of course, we're going to take your phone calls and text a little bit later on. We'll get that all set up for you. The phone line brought to you by White Claw this hour is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. White Claw Heart Center, it is made pure. Coming up in the next few minutes, we're going to hear from Marshall golf coach Matt Grobe. Yesterday, he was on with us. Marshall men's junior, Tyler Jones, he was close. He was in contention for the individual championship conference USA golf tournament. And he was first day. He was the top of the leaderboard. Second day. He was a couple strokes back today. He falls to fifth. He's tied for fifth. It's all over now at Texarkana country club. I watched the golf stat, trying to keep up with it throughout the day. And, he fell a little short. He was super competitive. The The tough nature of trying to play a golf course three days in a row and try to stay consistent, I, I'm sure. You you look at his numbers, though. I mean, he finished fifth, tied for fifth. Pretty good. That was pretty solid. So he does make Conference USA All-Tournament team. So we're going to have Coach on here in the next few minutes. Let's talk a little bit more about it. You know, where he fell a little short, how the team did overall. Now, the team finished last place, but you took a lot of youth to Texarkana. So there were there were players that had never seen that course. And so the first time you see a course, you got to learn it. And you know, there are players who have seen that course several times. Of course, Marshall doesn't play that course, you know, other than going to the Conference USA tournament still. There were a lot of um, a lot of places where the herd probably benefited and can grow. At the same time, though, it's good that you have someone finish in the uh, all tournament team. That's a good takeaway there. I mean, it's it's a nice consolation prize. Obviously, you want to win the thing, but at the end of the day, you make it into the top five, so you make the all conference USA team. That's pretty good. That hasn't happened in a while. He's the first Marshall men's golfer to finish in the top five and make the all-tournament team since Nathan Kearns did it. He finished third in 2013. And you also have a couple of golfers that have done it in past years. Boston Miller tied for fifth in 2012. Sean Warren came in fifth place in 2007 hasn't happened very often. So that's a good thing. At least that's a good thing. And that you hope that that carries over to next season. Of course, it'll be in a totally different place. Sunbelt will be a different beast to deal with. And, of course, you're not going to have that experience with Texarkana being the home for Conference USA for at least the, uh, the near future. So nothing to be really ashamed of there. So we're going to talk to a coach here in the next few minutes. And uh, I was hoping that if uh, Tyler would win it, we could get him on the show. But obviously, you know, coming in fifth, 
you know, we'll try to get him on here in a couple of days or so after this all uh, sort of, you know, passes. Because he's got to be, I'm sure he's got to be disappointed right now. I would be disappointed. I'd be hugely disappointed. I'm not going to lie to you. You know, I want to win everything I do, but at the same time, I know I can't, but I still have to overcome that. So, you know, hats off to him, though. I mean, finishing fifth, that's pretty good. So we're going to talk to Coach. We're going to get your phone calls in. Uh, we'll open up the text line for you later on as well, so we'll give you an opportunity to be a part of the show. The Pirates are coming up tonight. 610 is going to be our airtime right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So back at it with basketball coming up tonight as well on our sister station, Cat Sports 93.3 and 1340. The NBA playoffs continue. Stanley Cup is about ready to begin as far as the playoffs are concerned. So we've got a lot here. Of these ne- This is going to be a fun next at least couple of months between baseball really heating up, the Stanley Cup beginning, the NBA playoffs going on right now. We've got a lot, and I mean a lot, going on in these next few months. We shouldn't be bored anytime soon. At least I don't think so. You talk about, hey, there's not really much going on. Well, Okay, if you're a college sports fan, maybe there's not that much really going on for you if your focus is basketball or football. Anything else that's outside of that focus, yeah, maybe there's not much going on for you, but there really is a lot of things going on. Of course, softball continues to do its thing. Uh, We're going to have Scott Hall on tomorrow. He, of course, if you are a softball fan, you know his name because you follow along. He brings you all of the play-by-play action from softball. He follows the team. Of course, he works with Marshall. And so you hear his voice on WMUL, and you know he's one of the people telling the story. Now, we're going to be off a day with the count, but his 1,000th game is coming up. 1-0-0-0, 1,000. And so it's a great opportunity for us to talk to Scott. Scott, humble as can be, at first was – maybe reluctant to come on tomorrow because he didn't want the focus to be on him. After all, he is someone whose job is to get press for the, for the softball team. I mean, he's the SID. That means he takes care of making sure we know what's going on with softball, keeping up on everything, you know, facilitating our needs. He gets to call the games, which he's done a fantastic job and game 1000. That's a huge milestone to be with the program. For a thousand games, so he's got to see a lot of highs and a lot of lows. Uh, he's coming on the program tomorrow. We're going to talk to him about what all of that means and what softball has become while he has been there. He has seen a lot of it, so he can tell the story and paint a pretty big picture of what softball has been for Marshall over the years. And at the same time, I mean, we get to celebrate the fact that a thousand games. That's huge. Softball, many places, doesn't get the coverage that other sports do. At Marshall, with a guy like Scott, with an outlet like WMUL, which is Marshall's student radio station, you have those platforms. This live streaming on Facebook and this Herd Vision platform is relatively new compared to good old-fashioned radio. And radio gets it done. Self-shameless plug here, but we just get it done. We've been there since the beginning. 
live, immediate, intimate. And so we're going to talk to Scott tomorrow, tell his story. We're going to get your phone calls in later on. But I'm going to talk to the head coach of the Marshall Golf Team, Matt Grobe, when we continue with this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Wednesday, April 27th edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Want to welcome back to the program now. He's so gracious to do this once again. Head coach of the Marshall men's golf team, Matt Grobe. And today is a little bittersweet. On the one hand, we were hoping that Tyler Jones was able to pull it out and win the Conference USA Individual Championship. On the other hand, though, he finishes in the top five. He's part of the Conference USA All-Tournament team. And that's a pretty, that's a pretty big deal in itself. So I'm sure a lot of mixed emotions here today at the end of this. Yeah, you know, it was a lot of fun uh, being in the battle. Uh, you know, today you, you, you try to, afterwards I try to talk to Tyler about that. These are the moments you play for in golf to give yourself a chance. It doesn't always work out for you. Sometimes people play better. Sometimes you're a little bit off. But the whole idea is putting yourself in this position repeatedly so that things start to happen for you in a, in a positive way. And so today he was just a smidgen off. You know, the driver didn't feel great. Irons weren't getting as close, and the putts that had dropped the first couple days just just couldn't fall in. And so, I thought he played really well, uh, just not not at the level he needed to play at to, to bring home a championship. Was there anything was there anything going on maybe externally that maybe led to was it a lack of focus or just it just didn't fall his way today? Is there a little bit in between? You know, I, I just felt like you know the shots he hit. This is just a feeling you get as a coach when you're walking and watching, like just missing where we wanted to land the ball by a couple feet. Uh, you know, rolling a putt that instead of breaking like we thought it was going to just hangs on the lip. Uh, you know, in golf, it's just such a small thing that can just be off a little bit. And uh, he gave himself some great opportunities. Uh, shoot, he bounced back so well that the second hole of the day, he makes a double bogey. Um, on, a, on a tough hole location where the ball rolled off the back of the green, and he makes, a, he makes a five. We go to the very next hole, and he makes it from the fairway from 120 yards out for a three. So all of a sudden, we're right back to even par for the day and right back into the heat of the tournament again. And so it was kind of that all day, but by the end, we just ran out of holes to be able to make a move. He made a couple of bogeys on the back nine, and we just couldn't come back from that. We just ran out, we ran out of holes to play. Um, but I think, you know, it was kind of an up and down day for, for him. We probably needed to have a little less of the down uh, and just have a little bit more of the, of the up, if you will. I know the finishing fifth has got to be disappointing, but how much did he realize what a big deal it was uh, winning or at least being named to the Conference USA All-Tournament team? It hasn't happened very often for a Marshall player, and it's a pretty big deal in itself. So what was going through his mind when he found out that, hey, you made all-conference team? Because that's a really big deal. Yeah, you know, we kept fighting. And, we, you know, actually, to be honest with you, Paul, we were going for the win. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole back nine, we were trying to figure out where everybody else was, where we were, and trying to get a win. And then at the very end, you know, we come to the very last hole. He hits it in there pretty close, makes a two-putt for par. And I knew at that point that we had finished fifth. And so as we walked off the green, you know, I went to confirm that, you know, all tournament team was top five. 
Um, and then when I came back and let him and his family know that he was going to be all tournament team and that we haven't had this in 10 years, Nathan Kearns was the last we had down here at Texarkana that was in the top five. And so I think once he found out that it's been 10 years since we've had uh, this happen, uh, I think it, it, it maybe lessened the blow a little bit of not, of not winning. And of course, yeah, you always want to go for the win. I, I, I understand that a hundred percent. But it's a nice consolation prize. If even it's not really even a consolation prize. I mean, you were one of the top five golfers in this field, and it's a tough course. There are a lot of talented golfers in Conference USA, and to finish where he did, you and I, okay, maybe you, I couldn't go out there and come anywhere close to that, and I'm sure a lot of people couldn't. So yeah, it's an amazing accomplishment. I agree, and you give my my golf game way too much credit. I would I would have no shot at the tournament team. I promise you that. Like my last golf victory was a couple years ago in miniature golf against the boss. Okay, that's you know that's it. That's my golf heroics, right there. You uh, you definitely would have a better golf game than me. But what does this mean now for what's next for Tyler and for the program? You have a a top five finisher for Tyler. You want to win the championship, but what's next for him as far as what are the options, what's available to him? Well, you know, we'll, we'll have to wait and see on regionals. Um, you know, he played pretty good here. He came into the he came into this field ranked right around the top 400. It usually takes a top 250 ranking to get you in. So he beat he beat four, te- four kids that were inside the top 100, so that'll help his ranking a little bit. And so now it'll just be kind of a wait and see next week and see if he gets into a regional uh, you know, to, to have a chance, but now we have to, now we're hoping for a bid, you know, instead of if we would have won, we'd have had a bid. Now we're kind of waiting to see how the rankings, uh, and if that doesn't work out for him, then he'll go back and he'll have his summer golf and he'll come back. We got a really young team. We had three, three, uh, three freshmen down here that, that really tried to learn the ropes, uh, this week at a conference championship to know what it's going to take in the future. So that's really good. And then Tyler's such a wonderful leader. I can't wait for a senior year. I mean, I think he's going to come back and he's going to he's going to lead this team and this confidence from this spring. Uh, I got to imagine he's going to have a great summer and an incredible senior year. It's all numbers based right now. You can't do anything. You know, it's it's put to bed. The numbers will whatever happens happens, and it's all going to be ranking based. It, exactly. It, it makes it kind of nice because it's not a voted on thing. It's not like. You know, guys are in a back room trying to figure out who who deserves it and who doesn't and who did this and who did that. It really goes on all your head-to-heads. And luckily, this is one of the stronger fields that we've played in this year. Uh, and for Tyler to come out and finish fifth, uh, he beat, you know, he beat 60 really good players. And so the good news is now, now we just got to sit back and see if beating those people and how many strokes he beat them by, how, that, how much that moves him up the, uh, the rankings. Bittersweet for you now that we're uh, we're done with Texarkana. It is, you know, I really like Texarkana. Art Romero, their pro, is incredible. He takes such good care of the tournament, and he loves it. And he, you know, he's out there the whole time the tournament's going on, making sure that everything's running smooth. And the the whole the whole community here is is wonderful. So uh, it, it is a little bit bittersweet. You know, it's a little bittersweet. To, you know, Conference USA, we've. You know, I, these are these are my friends, the other guys I'm coaching against. Uh, you know, I, I've been with them now for 10 years since I've been at Marshall, and and I like all of them, and I enjoy getting down here and competing with them. And I, I think that you know the, the, the friendships that I've made with the other coaches and our guys made with the other teams, it is a little bit bittersweet because uh, you know we know now that we're moving on, and 
and uh, probably won't see these guys again. I mean, most of these guys are down in Florida and, and Texas, and we don't play many tournaments down there. So, you know, I don't know when the next time my my, my uh, path will cross with one of the coaches uh, from Conference USA. Is there any chance in the future that maybe as this program grows that – I guess we've talked about this before. Texarkana, you can't – you just don't go there. Yeah, it's it. The Conference USA tournament there is sort of unique. There's no college golf tournament there other than this. So, is there any chance scheduling wise in the future? Maybe you're a little bit more direct in trying to put some of these programs that you're used to facing back on the schedule or getting into a schedule where you will see them a little bit more, or at least, yeah. Try to now and then maybe. Okay, I would like to maybe be in a situation where I'm in Florida or. Yeah, try to take advantage of that. Yeah, you know, I, Rice invited us to their tournament next year, and unfortunately it didn't fall on the right dates for us. Southern Miss hosts a really good event, but it's the same dates that we hosted Joe Fagan's Marshall Invitational. So it's not from a lack of trying to get to see some other Conference USA schools. It's just sometimes the schedules just don't work out. Um, so, you know, depending on how things work out in the future, then, then yes, I would, I would love to see these guys again and, and, uh, and compete against them because they're so good. They, they, they bring out the best in our kids and they show us what we need to do to get better. And that's, what's really good about conference USA is, uh, you know, right now it currently has, uh, you know, several ranked programs and it's really good golf. And it's the same exact thing that we're going to in the Sun Belt. It's the, you know, the Sun Belt has great teams and, and it's going to be a challenge for us. And so I'm looking forward to the Sun Belt. So as much as I'm upset that, uh, that maybe I'm, I'm, I'm losing some of my friends from Conference USA, I'm really, really excited to get to the Sun Belt uh, uh, with some of the guys I know over there. And, and that conference is just uh, incredible at golf as well. And I can't wait for our guys to compete. Okay, I'm going to ask the question then. How do you get better as, uh, as individuals, as a program, you know, where do you need to be to compete? What do you need to do to get to that point where you can compete and and be among the top teams year in and year out? I think a lot of the development needs to happen here uh, pretty quickly for our young guys. For us to be competitive uh, and have a chance to compete for championships as a team, not just as individuals, but as a team, uh, these young guys that were down here with us have got to get better this summer. And then we got to get back in the fall, and we got to get to work, and we got to get, we got to get, uh, you know, we got to get practicing, and we got to figure out exactly what each kid needs to get a little bit better at. You know, I, I've had a really good spring of getting to know, and I've got some things for the guys that I want them to work on over the summertime. You know, we got a couple of guys who, you know, short game, just around the green, their chipping's not as good. I got a couple of guys I don't like. I think they can drive the ball a little bit better. So each kid's got something different. So as a coach. You're trying to say, hey, it doesn't do me any good to say, okay, everybody, we're having putting practice if three guys don't need it, if I'm just wasting their time. I think it's really for us to get better is we got to develop these younger players and we got to get really, really focused on what we're trying to improve. And using that as sort of the, the foundation, is there anything that, since we've talked, that you can think of maybe has to happen as far as a program to enable you to do a better job, and I know we can't just go out and build you a brand-new golf course uh, to your specifications and liking. That's you know, that's kind of not going to happen anytime soon. You just can't go out and build one like you do a stadium. But you know, what 
what do you see that you need or what do you need to see or what needs to happen to help you forward the program further, not just from individual development? I mean, is there something that you need to help you with development, you know, more facilities, you know, better travel arrangements? You know, what is it maybe that could help you? Well, you know, when I when I talked to Mr. Spears and we talked a little bit about it, and he had some experience because he was at Northern Illinois where, where they had, uh, you know, golf at a, at, a, at a northern school, and that's what we're talking about. I think one of the biggest disadvantages we have, really, not necessarily facilities, is as much the weather. I mean, you can build incredible facilities, but the weather's not going to change. We're still going to have snow in, 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 in December and January and February. So, you know, I think when I was talking with him, one of the things that, that, that he is completely on board with when we talked is we got to find a way to get some training trips planned. we got to get some time in January and in February where I can get the guys down south. And we can get them, you know, even if it's driving down to Charlotte when we're having snow on the weekend, but Charlotte's got good weather. If it's heading just down into, you know, around Atlanta, just somewhere south where we can get down, stay a couple of days and get rounds of golf in and get some practice in. Because, you know, a lot of times we're spending this, this last year, we spent all of January and February in the indoor. And the indoor is wonderful. But there's only just so many times you can hit a golf ball and have it hit a net or have it, you know, hit a screen before you, you just you, you, there's only so much that you can do before you're, you're not going to get better anymore. And so being outdoors and actually playing on the golf course is important. So I think the very first thing that we're going to do is next summer, next winter, actually, is try to find some places that we can go and get these guys some some playing opportunities in the wintertime where typically we would just be indoors. So Marshall University's Southern Campus uh, in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Just throw that out there. What do you think? <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> that would help. Uh, let's just get Brad Smith on the phone right now. Just make that happen. I mean, that sounds like something we need to do. Just start from there well, and I, work our way down. Exactly, exactly. But I, I really do think, in, in all seriousness, that just getting a couple of weeks, you know, maybe it's, Maybe it's in January and we come back and work on the things we didn't like down there in the indoor, and then we head back down again and give them another look and see if the changes we're making are uh, are successful. Joining us on the program, Matt Grove, Tyler Jones finishing fifth, tied for fifth, and named to the Conference USA All-Tournament team, so we now await his fate. And, of course, uh, just to talk a little bit more specifically, I know we were focusing on Tyler more, but uh, – you had, even though you had a, a youth movement down there, you felt pretty good about how everyone performed, even though, you know, maybe they weren't as uh, as high up the leaderboard as Tyler was. You know, there was a, at least a little fight in them. It felt like, you know, I, I looked at their numbers. They weren't terrible. No, and, and they got better as the week went on, which is really nice to see that the problem is, like you and I talked about yesterday, is we brought five people down here with Tyler that had never seen the place in tournament conditions. Um, and then once again today, uh, they were throwing a curveball. Now, it's good from a coaching perspective because they're learning how to adapt. But we've had three different wind directions in a day of rain. So every day the course has played a little bit different. And, and I think that the teams that were successful down here are the ones that were very junior, senior driven and had been down here quite a bit. Um, and so, unfortunately, we're not coming back to Texarkana. So the experience they got for this golf course isn't going to carry on for us. But I think the experience of being really nervous. Um, I know that the, the, the two freshmen that I had in the lineup uh, after the first round said they that it's the most nervous they've ever felt. So 
even playing 10 tournament rounds or 10 tournaments before we got here, they felt more nervous here than they felt all year. And so that, that having that feeling of being nervous and that's going to help them in the future to, to figure out how to get past that and just understand that it's just another round of golf. Let's just play. Uh, and so I, I think that's what, that, that's the development I was excited to see. They improved, they look better on the golf course. And, you know, of, of course the sad part of it is, is that, you know, Noah Mullins was down here with us and he's a, he's a, a Milton kid that went to Cabell Midland and he played his, his last college tournament with us this week. Uh, he ended up with a 70 today, two under par, one of the best rounds out there. So what a great way to watch him go out. And then uh, Brad Plasiak has been with us. He's from, uh, he's from Atlanta, Georgia. And Brad's been with us for five years now. And so he shot a 74 today, which was really good. Um, and so it was, it was sad to see those guys finish their last round. Uh, it was sad to see Tyler not find a way to get the win. So it just did, it, you know, I think everybody kind of felt like the air was taken a little bit out. But, uh, you know, the future, the, the, the three other guys I had down here, I'm really excited about their future. Matt Grubb, my guest, Marshall's head golf coach. Uh, before I let you go to your point earlier, try to get some, you know, some trips down south to hopefully get a little bit more actual outside warm weather play. Is there a possibility? I, I don't think it's cheating, but can you go once it's 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 all official? You're in the Sun Belt now. You know where you're going. Can you maybe? Is it possible to take a team to? sort of like maybe play the course one time before you, you see it in conference play? Is, is that a possibility? No. Typically what they do is most conferences, at least in Conference USA, we say from August 1st on you're not allowed to – no coach, no administrator, no player can come and step foot on the golf course uh, unless they're a member. So if you've got a kid that, say, goes to Texarkana and he lives here and he's always been there and he's on your team – you can't expect that kid not to be able to play his home golf course. But other than that, there are no real exceptions. So wherever the Sun Belt picks, uh, if we're going back to El Dorado, which I, I don't really quite know yet because they had signed a three-year contract, and that was kind of over this year, but they never played the first year because of COVID. So they're not real sure whether they're going back or not. But wherever they decide to go, I think that'll be decided. And once it's decided upon, they'll have a date that just basically says from this date on, nobody can play the course. The idea is to not give one team an advantage just because they're close to the golf course. I mean, Louisiana Tech's an hour and a half from here. So if they were allowed to play here, they'd be here all, every weekend. And we would, you know, we'd be at a huge disadvantage. So we try to pick a, a course that's kind of out of everybody's way because you don't want to take a golf course away from a team. And you want to make sure that they that they don't that they don't have to say okay this is our home course but we can't play it all year long that doesn't make any sense so we try to find one that is not in somebody's hometown and has a really good facility and really wants to host us okay so really it's other than maybe prior experience everyone's coming into this pretty much fresh so it's not going to be that much of a disadvantage going to a new place no and actually to be honest with you I would prefer a new place. Because now that they've played El Dorado twice, um, you know, and I know it's a really, really tough golf course. I think 41 over par uh, ended up qualifying in the top four for match play. So that just tells you how tough the golf course is. I think we would be at a huge disadvantage if we went down there next year and had to play there because all those other teams have been there for two years and they know where to hit it, where not to hit it, how the greens are, how the wind is. So I'd prefer that, you know, our first year in the Sun Belt, I'd like us to go somewhere brand new that nobody's seen. Matt Grove, my guest, you get any days off? I know um, 
I know you're not out recruiting, hitting the hitting the hitting the ground running, or are you? I don't know. What are you doing after this? Yeah, it, it, it's time to start recruiting. I mean, you know, we've got, um, like I said, we've got a young team, but I need to find a couple more uh, in the next couple of classes that can come in and help us. So, uh, you know, I'll get back home, take a little bit of a breath, but. Uh, I think about the middle of May, all the tournaments will start firing up for juniors. And so it'll be traveling to Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan. Uh, we have real good success at, at, uh, at Marshall with recruiting kids from the north because they feel like they're coming south to play in a little bit better weather, which they are. And so uh, a lot of them still like being close enough to be able to drive home when they need to, but yet getting a little bit south. So, uh, you know, I'll, I'll recruit Ohio pretty hard and Pennsylvania pretty hard and uh, every once in a while, I'll dip down in North Carolina to see what's down there. But the problem is, most of those kids want to go south as well. So, uh, you know, I, I really recruit Ohio. I mean, the majority of our team, 50% of our team, I think, is from Ohio this year. So, with a couple of West Virginia. So, that'll that'll kind of be the plan. Starting about about mid mid May until about mid August is just trying to get out and, and and see some see some juniors and try to find uh, the next young players that can come in and help us. Got to hit the transfer portal, too, right? I had to ask that. Transfer portal? Yeah, you know, the biggest problem is, like, right now our roster size is about nine. And so if you start looking at the transfer portal too much, um, you know, it it just drives our numbers to a number we don't really need this year. So the the transfer portal always intrigues me. Uh, My feeling about the transfer portal has always been I try to remember – I go back in my records and see if I recruited them in the first place and try to read my notes and see what my thoughts were. Uh, the first go around when they were recruited, but I don't ever, I don't ever say that I'm not looking at the transfer portal. I, I do take a look at it, but uh, for right now, I really, I really want to find some younger kids that can come in and, and support these nine that we have. Matt Grove, my guest, thanks for doing it again. Uh, congratulations! I mean, that's still a, a great accomplishment, and for Tyler finishing tied for fifth conference USA All Tournament team, that's a great accomplishment there, and, and it hasn't happened for a long time, so. You know, I'm glad that he realizes what a, a huge uh, endeavor that was, and uh, he should be proud. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Very proud of Tyler for everything. You know, like we talked about yesterday, he's, he was uh, academic all-conference. They voted on that. They named five kids to that. He was one of those all-tournament team. You know, we, we top five gets that, and he gets that. He's going to be an academic all-American. He's he's a special kid that does does all the right things, and he he deserves – all the good things that happened to him. I wish it would have been a win today, but, uh, you know, hopefully it gets him working even harder and, and we'll get one of these things next year. Thank you, Coach. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a great day. That's Matt Grobe, Tyler Jones, named Conference USA All-Tournament team, finishing tied for fifth at the final round, uh, Texarkana Country Club. So we will keep up with golf, and hopefully the Sun Belt's going to be a, a better place for the Thundering Herd, and hopefully there's going to be more success for Marshall as well. But coming in fifth, all USA, all conference USA tournament team. That's that's a good that's a good day. That's a pretty good day for anyone. We will come back and we'll start getting your text in. Let's open that up for you. You want to join the text line? You can do that. It's real easy. All you have to do is text. 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. More coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM at AM 930. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, the local bank that's here for every step of your life's journey. Member FDIC. Our text line is open this hour. 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. And our phone line is always open for you. 877-420-TALK. It's brought to you by White Claw Heart Seltzer. It is made pure. Welcome back to today's edition of The Drive. I'm your host, Paul Swan, here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Got Pirates baseball coming up tonight. 610 is going to be our airtime. Pirates taking on the Brewers. Pirates haven't won one of these yet. I'll say this. The Pirates are not terrible. Repeat, the Pirates are not terrible right now. They have actually been decent. You get past the Brewers and you're doing okay. Pirates are right now third place in the NL Central. They're 8-9. and nine. And the Brewers are just a little bit better, 11-7. and seven. They're not uh, – the Pirates aren't Brewers good just yet. And the Brewers have owned the Pirates so far. They have met – Five times after today, it'll be five times, and uh, the Brewers so far have won four. We'll find out if the Pirates can get the fifth one. That's coming up tonight here. I'll say this, though. I'm pretty impressed with Hebron Hayes. He's got six doubles for the Pirates. He's looked pretty good so far. Again, that's coming up tonight. We've got it for you. 635, going to be first pitch. We go on the air at 610 right here on ESPN 94.1. And AM 9:30, Bryce Wilson on the mound for the Pirates. More than likely, Aaron Ashby going to be on the mound tonight for the Brewers. We went a little long with Coach, and that's okay. I thought it was a good talk, and it deserved to happen. Tyler Jones named to the Conference USA All Tournament team today at the end of the championship. He finished tied for fifth. Fell a little short, had a good shot at it. Just wasn't his day today, but still finishing in the top five and making the Conference USA All-Tournament team, that's that's pretty good. I'll take that any day. You want to win the championship, obviously, the individual and the team. But at the same time, I think there's some, um, there's some potential for next year to be a special year for Tyler Jones. I hope so. We'll find out in the Sun Belt what happens. And hopefully, hopefully we're talking about a Sun Belt championship in golf next season. That would be fantastic. Okay, we're going to take our next break. Come back. We will get your phone calls and text in. That's right, phone calls. 877-420-TALK and text line 304-396-TALK. More coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. It's our final segment of today's edition of The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Our text line wide open for you right now. 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. This text came in earlier. I think this is for me. Texter wrote in, Dobson's catch was his right hand, and it was caught with his body facing the corner of the end zone, and he backhanded it. One hand was ESPN catch of the year. Okay, I believe that was for me. Texter wrote in also earlier, 
If you can't shoot, you can't win basketball games. Time to have some tough conversations, free up some scholarships, hit the portal, and reload. Okay, both of those from the text line earlier today. And, of course, you can text in as well. 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Yeah, the portal's important. I think we're focusing too much on the portal, but at the same time, you have to focus on the portal now. You have to look and see what player, if any, that offers value to the programs there, and you got to compare that to... You know, is this going to be a short-term fix? Is this going to be something that brings in a lot of value? Am I going to get more impact from recruiting? You try to recruit evenly, so you always had someone in development. You had freshmen, you had sophomores, juniors, and seniors. You didn't really have a senior-laden class or a junior-senior-heavy class. You sort of had the right balance, and now you're going to have to go out in the portal and you have to address some of those issues, have to find someone that can bring instant value to you, get to fill some holes, give some of the younger players time to develop at the same time, make sure you have enough senior or veteran leadership because Marshall fans, fans anywhere, you want to win today. You don't want to wait two or three years. Hey, this is going to be a great run in two or three years. Now, everyone's trying to win today. There's no more. Let's wait a couple of years and see how it goes. It's okay. There's this transfer portal thing. Are you using it good enough? Can you bring instant success? And if you can't, why can't you? And, and let's start looking for someone who can, because it's going to be here to stay. There's no getting around it. It's been opened up. So players are going to have the opportunity to move there will be players that you'll hear from Marshall stick around and you go, great. And there will be players that decide, look, I've had it. Had it I, this isn't the place for me, and I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to use my get-out-of-jail-free card, and I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go somewhere else. And there are going to be players that leave for different reasons. Some uh, a little tougher than they thought it would be. Some have graduated. They want to experience something else. Some maybe not getting enough playing time, think that they go somewhere else, they can get some playing time, don't want to sit and wait, or they've waited long enough and feel like that they're getting overlooked, or whatever the reasons may be. New coach comes in, you you know we can go over the reasons ad nauseum. At the end of the day, though, you got to use the transfer portal. So, yeah, I think Dan has got to use the transfer portal. I think every coach has to evaluate how to use the transfer portal. You have to find players that fit. You have to find players that address a need. I wouldn't just go shop. I mean, you look at it like, okay, does that player really add value? Can I really see this player coming in, being a part of the culture, adding and enhancing what we do, having an impact? I mean, you're not going to get a home run every time. And that's the other thing. The same thing as recruiting. You're not going to get a home run every time. You're going to find out real quick, okay, you know, did this player live up to our expectations? Did this player, you know, did we basically we swing and miss on this one? Is this player as good as advertised, not as good? You know, Maybe there's something there I see that no one else sees. I'm going to take a chance on it. Yeah, you know. The portal's not going to fix everything because everyone's going to the portal. Not going to the portal isn't going to help, but 
at the same time, you're going to have to really work it. And everyone else is trying to really work it. Not everyone's going to work it as well. Some are going to do a better job than others. But you can't just look at it and go, okay, hey, you got to go to the portal and fix this. You do. You have to. You have to look at the portal. But at the same time, it's not going to be the instant fix because if that's the case, everybody's going to get better. Everyone's going to get better. Coaches are going to look smarter because they found someone in the portal. Teams are going to get better because you have better players. It's, it's all going to be good. So, yes, you have to go to the portal. No, I don't think the – I don't think you're going to automatically reload. You're not necessarily going to hit that home run right away. Now, you can build a foundation. You bring some players in to add some depth that bring you some experience that are going to have an immediate impact, and you make that decision. We'll take more of your texts tomorrow, and again, you can always text the program 304-396-8255, 304-396-TALK. You can find me on Twitter, at Paul Swan, and you can also find me on Facebook. We've got a page set up for the show. It's called The Drive with Paul Swan, and if you're on Facebook, you like doom scrolling, you can add the show page to your page list, and then when we post the podcast, you will see it on your mobile device. It's not desktop just yet, but if you are doom scrolling, you're going through, you're looking at your feed, you might run across, oh, hey, look, there's a new podcast from Paul. I missed the show today. I'm going to listen to it right here on Facebook. So you can do that as well. So, so many options for you. And if you would give me a follow, I would appreciate it. Uh, Twitter, at Paul Swan, Facebook, The Drive with Paul Swan, whatever your social platform is. Do I need to be on Mastodon? Do I need to be there today? Uh, MySpace. Is MySpace still a thing? No, it's not. Uh, I'm on TikTok, by the way. I'm not actively ticking or talking, but I am on TikTok. I figure I made the joke one time that Doc Holliday needed to be on TikTok, so I better be there just in case he actually did. And now I'm just listening to it right now. And someone's golfing. Okay, I'm done with that. I opened TikTok up, and it had someone trying to do See, that scares me. My phone's been listening to me the whole time. The first thing I pulled up on TikTok was somebody putting. And they say these things don't listen to us. Back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.